Hello, everybody, and welcome to Bringing Education Home. I'm Christina. And I'm Herb. And together, we are bringing you ideas about education, entrepreneurship, and relationships that are both inside and outside the box. Today, we have the pleasure of talking with Haley. And if you're a fan of the show, please remember to follow Christina on Facebook or leave us a review. Welcome, Haley. Thank you for joining us this morning. It was so awesome talking with you. Um, just to get us started, will you tell us a little bit about your background and about yourself? Yeah, so the background that's specific to what we're talking about today is um, I have a bachelor's degree in applied behavioral analysis and um, behavioral health care. And so what that is, is the study of behavior. Um, and I worked in that field for about three years, um, and I have been kind of transitioning into the coaching world. Um, mainly right now, it's psycho-spiritual integration. So I'm kind of bridging those two worlds together, um, the psycho-spiritual integration and also the applied behavioral analysis. And so pretty much what that is for me is I work with children and parents that are trying to um, it can be either they're bridging their children into a homeschool setting, or it can just be um, they're seeing problem behaviors with the child and they need support and help and how to handle those behaviors. Um, and I'm the kind of person that they would come to for, for those types of things. And these are children that are um, neurodivergent. So it can be they have an extra sensory um, ability or they have autism or another behavioral disorder that the parent per se doesn't understand. Um, and so I'm one of those people that can maybe help um, guide in the direction of what support to offer um, those children. That sounds wonderful. I wish we would have had a little bit of access to people like you when we were raising our boys. Um, one of our boys is on that spectrum. So that would have been interesting to see what you would have told us about our son as we were raising him. Mm -hmm. How did, how did you and Haley meet? So um, I actually, in December, started um, a coaching program called Being True to You. And Haley, I, this is where I met Haley. She was a mentor and she actually was my um, go-to person at, at Being True to You. And during, during the time at Being True to You, I was absolutely blown away and impressed by actually all of the staff there and how genuine and heart-centered and how truly compassionate they were with the people that were there um, in this coaching program. And, and Haley was my mentor. And over the course of working with Haley, I found out um, after talking with my about my son that, that she also <clears throat> works with children <clears throat> on the neurodivergent spectrum and as then it's so then as we started talking about bringing our school together um just the presence that she had the way she dealt with me and just the, the whole heart-centered way that that she dealt deals with people that i thought this would be a fabulous conversation to bring to our parents and to our school too because there are a lot more people with with children mm -hmm. who are having neurodivergent problems and exactly. and the school system really isn't a great place for those kids right now so Thank to bring those those children that their education into a home environment where they can get more help um I thought that would be a really great thing for our parents to hear. And as I know, Haley is so very 
heart centered and, and into this world that I thought that she would be a great resource to to bring to um, to our parents to help give them ideas to work with with children. Absolutely. We were so lucky to know Haley. Haley, can you tell us a little bit about um, maybe I know you have your family behavior background. What made you interested in that field in the first place? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, personally, I grew up with my own, um, I guess you can say mental health disorders. And uh, so I had depression and things. And so it runs in my family, um, these types of disorders. And my brother was um, almost diagnosed on the spec autism spectrum. Uh -huh. um, and so that really just opened my world around uh, mental health and behavioral health in general um, and seeing the support that my little brother got and, and how it really wasn't helpful for him and that they, yeah, the people that he was working with um, didn't really understand him and I wanted to be able to understand him. Right. <laughs> so. So that's kind of like what geared me towards this field. Um, I've always been the type of person that wants to help. And um, I've just been really good with children. And so it was like, it makes sense that I would go be with the children. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I started working in the applied behavioral analysis field actually before I completed my bachelor's degree. Mm -hmm. And as I was in that field, I realized how even in this field, like, cause applied behavioral analysis, there's jobs in that field. Uh -huh. I'm kind of bridging away from that and integrating the metaphysical and the spiritual stuff that I have experienced on my own. And also with the being true to you program, um, with the psychedelic integration stuff as well. Um, so I'm kind of trying to bridge the two together. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's a new, it's a new thing <laughs> that I'm trying to do. Um, and I noticed this was a reason why I wanted to bridge the two together is with my younger brother. I noticed that um, his extrasensory abilities were kind of negated and not looked at um, through the medical system. So, and I thought that it was a huge, hugely important part of who he was and um, yeah and who how he shows up in the world and why he is the way he is so um yeah that's like a huge reason why i ended up getting into this field and um i'm trying to expand the the horizons of what science can also show us um with studying metaphysics and uh how behavior and metaphysics go together and how we can um yeah understand children better yeah, I totally understand that, you know, being a teacher of 27 years, it's those families and those connections that you can make and how you can impact those families and help the children and look at the other aspects of them instead of just the academics. It's really super important. So mm -hmm. I love that connection. And with having an autistic son who was going through the education system ourselves um, and with a teacher, it's like, yes, there was not a lot of information out there on, on how to deal with, with neurodivergent children or autistic children. Mm -hmm. And even today, um, they're still, they're starting to pick up a little bit more, but still this, the school system and, and the doctor system just really doesn't, doesn't get it or know how mm -hmm. to handle it. And so in a lot of ways, I think the school system actually is probably a little harder um, than it needs to be on neurodivergent children, which is again, 
one of the reasons that we're looking at starting the school system is yeah. is because the parents can get more specific help and and so in that aspect how do you feel about homeschooling neurodivergent children versus regular school and what kind of resources are out there besides like coaches specific like you that are out there for for our, our parents yeah so there is the field of applied behavioral analysis um which you can get a registered behavior technician or which is the job that I specifically worked at mm -hmm. um, or a board certified behavior analyst. And they can help um, in the process of transitioning children from the um, the, I guess, normal education system into homeschooling. Um, and yeah, it's really helpful because really the main thing that that behavior analysis touches on, and I, I want to bring this up because it's really important, mm -hmm. um, it are the four, the four functions of behavior. So the main functions of behavior are attention. So if a child is seeking attention, um, a, a child is wanting sensory stimulation, mm -hmm. um, wanting to avoid a situation, or have access to a material item. Um, and so mainly what applied behavior analysis does is it breaks down these functions of behavior. And so we can see, okay, how do I respond to a child that is seeking attention, but how can I give them the attention in a positive way instead of a negative way? Um, because as we're growing up, we learn how to get what we want from our parents, but sometimes it's in a negative way instead of a positive way like we would want. And sometimes we can be reinforcing the behavior, which means we can incre increasing the behavior we don't want um, and instead of um, increasing the behaviors that we do want. And so with this system, we break down how to get more of the behaviors that we want instead of the behaviors that we don't want in a positive way. So it builds like positive interactions with the family, with the parents, with the children, and with whoever's working with them. Um, so that's like the main thing. And then um, I guess some of the tools in transitioning into uh, the, the homeschooling system, something that I've noticed a lot of is because it can be very overwhelming for the neurodivergent children and even just children in general, it can be really overwhelming to go from a structured system into like just working online or I'm not exactly sure. Like uh, mm -hmm. everyone kind of does homeschooling different. Right. So, right. so um, it can be really overwhelming for children to have that huge change in their life. Mm -hmm. And so the main things that I can uh, offer or say that can be really helpful are creating things like a token economy. Um, mm -hmm. And that what that is, is a, a way of reinforcing the child's positive behaviors and getting more of what you want by giving them more of what they want. Mm -hmm. So it's giving them like a star token once a day so that they know they had a good day and that at the end of the week they turn all of their stars in and they can go get an ice cream party or, or something like that so it's a way of reinforcing those positive interactions with each other um and then another thing could be uh visual prompts are really helpful for neurodivergent children so having pictures of things um 
to remind them of what it is that they need to be doing throughout the day, um, having things like a calendar or a schedule um, to show them and to, to point back to them every day, all day long. So that they're like, okay, today we're going to be um, going on a field trip. Whereas like um, in school, that doesn't happen as much as you would normally see at a homeschool setting. Whereas like, it's a little bit more free flowing and or like having that schedule can show, okay, today we're going to be working on math for 20 minutes and then we get to go outside and play on the playground mm -hmm. for an hour or whatever it is. Um, so having that visual schedule can help the children understand what's coming next for them because that's really important. Um, and then another one would be using timers and in transitions um, from one activity to another. And this is mainly when they are doing something that they like, because a lot of times we can see problem behaviors come up when they don't want to transition to something they don't like when they're going from something they like. Um, so using timers can be a way to kind of distract them from you being the one telling them that they need to get off of the electronics or they need to come inside from playing outside mm -hmm. um timers can be well it's you know the timer is saying that you have to come inside now, it. and it's giving them those prompts throughout like you have five minutes you have two minutes you have one minute and then so it's it's prompting them to make that transition and that can be all day long you can use those timers um and that's re a really helpful way perfect so yeah that's like that was a lot, <laughs> but those are some things that, that people can do um, when transitioning from the school setting into the homeschooling setting. Right. And that could be for any student because it's a big transition going yeah, from of course. one model to another. So any student could benefit from some of those things. I yeah, so our, our model is more about education at home. So homeschooling ha has a different kind of a connotation. So you know the education at home is is our model is going to be bringing the parents a lot more involved into it so um yes. along with with teacher intervention and coaching so it's going to be a whole family education model not just the kids going to school so we'll be bringing the parents into it with a lot more of these um behavioral analysis tools like you just described which is absolutely awesome um that that temp that timer idea that might help me <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i the, the the brain damage and some of the uh, transition anxiety that i have maybe having some sort of a timer might be something that that benefits me too so you know as well as children so so thank you for that so some of these ideas you know even though they're for children can can also well, help adults as well so. too just behavioral analysis in general it really is for all people like i've worked with um Mainly I've worked with children, but there has been times where I've worked with um, older adults like in their 30s um, mm -hmm. who do have autism, like they are more intensely on the autism spectrum. Right. Um, so and these types of things help them, too. And even with people that have um, that were diagnosed with ADHD, like these types of things can help, too. I know for myself, like what I've used a lot is the reinforcement system because sometimes I can get off track with something and I'm like, okay, 
first I need to do this and then I'm going to do the thing that I like to do. So mm -hmm. I, ha I try to use that reinforcement system like with myself too. Um, and that's another main reason why I've kind of started bridging these two worlds together and why I'm coming back to the behavior analysis field um, is because I'm having my own child soon in January. So Congratulations. yeah, thank you. And yeah, it's, I, I want to be able to practice these tools and, and to integrate them into my own parenting style. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, like I said, it's it's good for me, too, to to get little touch ups on how to keep reinforcing myself <laughs> throughout throughout this journey. Exactly. I know one thing um, I noticed as we were raising our boys, consistency was really important. And so, you know, if you only do something for a little bit of time and then you kind of like lay off or, you know, trail off on it, that sometimes that weakens the impact of it. Can you talk a little bit about consistency and how that either helps or hinders kind of that process and transition? Yeah. So it's it's very similar to that change in like this in the way that someone's schooled or, or educated um, mm -hmm. from going that schooling system into the homeschooling system. Um, change for neurodivergent children is really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, and so having those consistent schedules and like I said, those prompts, those visual calendars mm -hmm. and things to remind them of what's coming next is really important because you'll see less of those behavior, those problem behaviors, if you incorporate those schedules and if you have consistency in their in their life um and that's that's a, a huge thing that i've seen a lot of is um parents don't don't realize that some parents don't, aren't even able to realize that they're they don't have consistency in their schedule because that's the way that they grew up mm -hmm. and so it's also the parents have to realize too that a lot of what's happening with the children um is a reflection of what's happening inside of themselves as well. Oh, so cute. <laughs> so our children are always mm -hmm. reflecting back to us, like our own um, mm -hmm. inner child and our own um, inconsistencies. And so we have to hold accountability for ourselves too, while we're um, helping our children integrate that transition as well. So another interesting Kind of thing about our school is is the flexibility of the schedule. So um, I know a lot of times having a real rigid schedule like at school is also really difficult for for neurodivergent children, especially the length of time. So with our school being able to um, really schedule your own time throughout the day. Um, would it, would it be better to have like a solid block during the day for neurodivergent children or splitting up throughout the day? What would be better ways for, for children instead of just the whole block getting through it, how, breaking it up throughout the day? Would that, how would that affect children? Yeah, so normally it's best to break the day up for for children in general. Um, mm -hmm. They get antsy if they're having to sit for a long time. Um, so what I see being the most beneficial is having um, not too long of 
of work time, but making it more so like 30 minutes to 40 minutes maximum of work time. And then making the, the reinforcement <laughs> stage a much longer time. So say that a child is working on um, math for, for 30 minutes, 30 to 40 minutes, and then they're reinforced by going outside and um, playing a game, playing some type of educational game. But mm -hmm. the way that the, so they're still learning, they're still getting that right. learning process in the game, but they're outside and they're playing with the game. So it's not as structured and rigid as the schooling mm -hmm. system. You're able to integrate the teaching and the the play together. So um, yeah, and what that is called is naturalistic environmental training. And um, it's a huge part of ABA as well. Um, and with neurodivergent children, it's perfect because they don't realize that they're learning mm -hmm. and they're because they're playing at the same time. Right. So there's, there's fun ways to integrate the education and the play. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, yeah, I highly recommend like looking into those types of things um, for these parents as well, because um, yeah, it's kind of like a trick <laughs> on, exactly. on, the on the children's brain. But um, also there are times to where like um, the reinforcement doesn't have to include education at all. And it can just be um, reinforcing by giving high fives throughout the day or giving hugs throughout the day. Um, and, and what that is called is praise. Um, and, and again, it depends on what the child likes. Some children don't like to be hugged. So you wouldn't give them a hug throughout the day if they didn't like that. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it, it's breaking it up in sections of 30 minutes on 30 to an hour off doing play without education, or it can be play with integrated education. And so it's kind of breaking it up in those systems throughout the day. And that's where I think the schedule comes in. It doesn't have to be like today, like every day we do math, reading and art at these times and it's this way. It can flow and fluctuate, but also having those specific structures of 30 minutes here, 30 minutes here, 30 minutes here, or, or doing 30 minutes on, one hour off, 30 minutes on, one hour off. That can be uh it, it really just depends on what works for the parent um, because we know like some people are, it's different for everybody, you know, uh, doing the, the homeschooling and, and the re-schooling re or what it is that you guys call it. Education at home. Education at home. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, that's totally true because that way the it can be flexible, but not flexible at the same time. If they're used yeah. to that scheduling or those time blocks, then it can be flexible as far as what goes into those blocks. And that will help yeah. bring the whole system around. And of course it depends on if there's one child or two children or three children or how, what the situation is. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I think the most important thing too is putting the um, education first and then the play second. And mm -hmm. so there's a system called first and then, um, so first you have to do the work that you don't want to do, and then you get to do the work that you want to do. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think the most important thing when it comes to schedules, um, 
for children and, and not just allowing them to wake up and go on the iPad as soon as they wake up, you know, it's, well, first today we're going to be eating breakfast and then maybe you can get the iPad or, you know, having that first do what I want you to do and then you can do what you want to do. Exactly. And of course, always making sure that, you know, you're checking in with the kind of the mood of the day or whatever, because some days you'll be able to get more done, other of days you'll get less done. And that goes with all of us. I mean, we're all have our moods yeah. or kind of our cycles, our ups and downs of how things are working for us during the day. Awesome. Of course. Well, it has been awesome talking with you today. I really appreciate your time and your insight. And hopefully we'll be able to bring you back around for another interview in the future. Before we go, is there any other last bits of wisdom or anything else that you really wanted to put into our conversation today? Um, I really just want to encourage people to start incorporating mindfulness into their children's day to like taking time to not have any sensory stimulation happening mm -hmm. and to really just like sit in a mindful way with your children and also listening to them and learning from them because they're so smart and they're constantly teaching us about ourselves all day long. And of course, children can be very triggering because they are a reflection of us, but they do know so much. Like they know so much and they're always giving us insights whether we want to hear them or not. <laughs> so that's just my little tip. I love it. Yeah. And that is so important because as a teacher i've seen that throughout the day in the busy classroom it's like sometimes when you know, we could just turn off the lights for like two minutes and just like you know what we're all just going to take some deep breaths and calm down it changed the whole mood of the classroom so i mean i'm sure it happens the same way at home or in the situation you're in. exactly yes of course so yeah thank you very much for coming in today and yes as we get rolling i'm sure that we'll have more questions as, as we get into our process. So I'm really looking forward also to having you back. I think the work that you're doing is fabulously important. And there were some questions that that kind of came up today that that are, again, are a little early that that'll be beautiful later on. So um, really looking forward to having you back in a few months as we get going and, and possibly even maybe having some of our parents work with you who yeah. might who might need some help with their children. So yeah. um, fabulous yeah. opportunity here. And thank yeah. you so much for, for coming. And, and in the show today. notes, there'll be a way to contact Haley if you are interested in what she's doing and to find out a little bit more about her. And also don't forget that um, bringing education home is brought to you by Vibrant Family Education. So come check us out as well. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today and have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. Haley. Bye, everybody. Bye, Thanks, everybody. Haley. Bye, guys.